Hey there, welcome to Cageless, a conversation podcast about experiential wisdom and personal hope. I'm Jenny Johnson. I'm a writer and I'm asking experts, thought leaders, and my friends to share their knowledge and tools on how they found freedom. Hey, hi, hello, my friends. How's it going? I hope that you had a really fantastic Thanksgiving if you celebrated that here in the States or elsewhere around the world. I know that there is a lot of cultural discord around (laughs) the conception of Thanksgiving, but I will choose not to go down that cultural critique today because I am going to do a different one. (laughs) But Thanksgiving is at the end of the day, something that you can create a space just to say the things that you're grateful for and thankful for. And there is so much uh, goodness in simply just stating things that you are grateful for and the blessings in your life. And I, for one, have so many things to be thankful for, but I don't try to practice exerting those statements just one day a year. I actually try to do it every single day. So a challenge to you, it's been a challenge to me, is to come up with three things that you're grateful for every morning because life is good. God is good. The world is blue and beautiful if you choose to look at it that way. So today, as I mentioned, I am going to do what I think I do best if I may scratch my own itch. Am I allowed to say that? Or pat myself on the back? I love, love, well, I love love, absolutely. But I love to critique things that I love because I think that the best way to love something better is to question it. And I know that critique can come off as um, I guess painful or I guess kind of harsh if you look at it that way, but I don't a lot of the time because when you meet something with love and care, it's not coming from a place to cut anything down. It's simply to dissect it and question it and learn afterwards to love it more. So today I would like to talk about something very near and dear to my heart, which actually this started out as an episode I wanted to talk about Taylor Swift, my arguably favorite writer, artist, performer of all time, because things have changed for me. And I had a discussion with my friend Nick a couple of weeks ago, whenever her new album Midnight's came out about how I'm not actually really sure how much of a Swifty I am anymore, dare I say. Just because, track with me, a lot of her lyrics I don't fully want to relate to anymore. And the music itself is something, see, I already feel like icky. Like I feel like a bad person or something like outing one of my friends. Taylor's not one of my friends. She's just been a friend in my head. But I think that I have more or less outgrown whatever phase I used to be like codependent within her albums as they came out upon, if that makes any sense at all. If it does for you as well, uh, I would love to know some like 20, 30 year olds that are like feeling the same thing because we all grow at different paces. We all grow at different times. And when you are someone who is 
identifying as an empath and someone who really loves music and loves artistry, I sometimes have to separate myself from the artist and the music that I consume, which is what we are going to talk about today. So something that I've really been recently loving is Imrata put out a podcast and I think that she is genuinely the most magnificent, intelligent, witty woman. Also, obviously, extremely like attractive, beautiful. She's model actress, but just so smart. And I think that she brings up a lot of really great points about feminism, about the way that women are perceived, the way that we perceive ourselves, the way that the world perceives us. It is just a fantastic podcast. Uh, I think that it's called, I just looked it up. It is called High Low. So highly recommend that. But today I would like to talk about something that I have struggled with and I didn't realize that I struggled with it because that's the thing with doing deep work and subconscious work is that you're like, oh, now that I can recognize this, it makes so much sense in my life. So if I may, I am a writer and so... I love to write, obviously. And I think that the best way for me to be able to put my words into function right now is simply by reciting something that I have already written with my fingers. So this is an essay that I wrote and it will soon be out on the jennyjohnson.com slash blog. But today we are going to talk about codependency and pop music. I was listening to some songs today on my drive from middle school. And as much as someone loves to deeply release their emotions through song, hello, positive psychology, my mind couldn't help but wonder. These sounds have rang in my ears from such an adolescent age, and there's no way that they couldn't have an effect on me. I sang along to the lyrics of Steal My Girl by pop boy band One Direction and found the lyrics comforting, then disturbing. My now adult educated brain noticed the echoes of a codependent narrative traced throughout the song. Everybody want to take her heart away. Couple billion in the whole wide world. Find another one because she belongs to me. Belongs? Who belongs to who? As a 13 year old, hormones were running wild. I knew that I idolized literally whatever these older foreign boys would sing to me through my iPod headphones. My mind correlated, desired by many, equals worthy of praise. Worthy of praise equals loved by the elite. I actually ended up dating my very first crush. He was older than me, more popular, more sought after. From afar, of course, I thought, if I could get someone desired by so many to pick me, then, and only then, will I be worthy of love. Turns out, his love didn't water my garden at 11 years old just like it didn't at 23. Since then, I have dissected and mended my view of what I want a relationship to be. I've learned about my attachment style and decided to befriend it. Through therapy, family relationships, and failures, though what a failure is to me now isn't what it used to be then, I can say at 26, what I thought I wanted, I never really did at all. I feel like I should be like shutting a book now, even though that, that essay is not written in a book. 
<laughs> I hope it will be one day, but I, 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 I would really like to know if other people have thought about this concept. That's where I want to start is, does anyone else know the research behind affirmations and about how sounds affect so much of how you view the world and how you move in the world? Like you look at affirmations from a positive perspective, like people that wake up in the mornings and say, you know, I'm beautiful in the mirror or I'm loved in the mirror or whatever, versus people that don't do that or versus people that hear from parents or authority figures that like, you are not beautiful or you are not loved. It is, it's, it's not a new concept. And I don't know why, but this just happened to recently dawn upon me that like so much of my romantic life and like my romantic relationships have been fostered by these ideals in my head that I was taught so young. Like whatever was being sung to me by boy bands, by, you know, Disney stars, I loved and still love, you know, like admiration perspective, like Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus, like the cast of High School Musical, like uh, these, these artists and these people that, you know, sang these songs that when you actually look at the lyrics, you're like, wait a second, do, do, did I have any consent here? <laughs> you know, like I was so young and, and these people are talking about like stealing girls away from one another. And like, you know, I need you so bad that like, I'll die without you. Or, you know, I chase you down the hallway. Like you guys know the Hannah Montana song. Like sometimes I walk a little faster in the school hallway just to get next to you. And it's like, yeah, like that can be like this fun middle school experience that, you know, your your thoughts and hormones are running wild and and you're so excited to like feel these feelings for the opposite sex or the same sex. Um I know a lot of people, I think I say I know. I know of a lot of people <laughs> that realized that they were gay in middle school because that is, you know, when puberty begins. I digress. I think that those flurry fun feelings are sweet and all of the songs that we, not all of them, a lot of the songs that we listened to and a lot of the narratives that we watched on television screens taught us to either suppress that or alter it. And I, at this point in my life, I am about to be 27 and I think that we all really deserve to have people and relationships in our lives separate from the media that we consume that is so much more powerful than we can possibly imagine. You know, having people and sounds and visuals in your life to let you know you are allowed to have the feelings that you have and not alter them or try to change them or be something that you're not in order to get someone else to love you or desire you. And I've learned this the hard way. But I think that we kind of all do. But I personally, for one, would like to continue to grow outside of the narratives that have been spoon-fed to me without my consent. So all of this being said, I am very mindful now of the things that I let come into my mind and into my head. 
even with the music that I listen to, I met with a friend that I met through a writer's group this past week. And she was telling me that she even writes some of her like essays and like work in her car. Like she will speak to her, her microphone on her voice, on her voice recordings. And, and like, that's how she writes the whole thing. And I'm like, I think that is the smartest thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. Wow. Life hack for any writers out there or people that just want to put down their thoughts. Anyway, I was in the car and I realized that with this person, I I self-proclaimed myself when we met that I loved sad music. And I'm an Enneagram 4 for anyone that, that knows the Enneagram and the rhetoric behind it. But I've always labeled myself as very emotional and overfeeling. And a lot of the time that can swing towards the side of melancholy and sad and this person was like, well, why? You know, what, why do you like things to be sad? And, and I was like, you know what? I'm not really sure. Like, I want to be happy and I want to go towards that direction, but I don't really know how, you know? And, and that's kind of when it started to click for me of like, there's so much power in choosing to look at what you look at and listen to what you listen to. And, and being like, yeah, it like might feel kind of good to like sulk in a sad emotion or like listen to the sad song or a song that's like, you know, I really want to do this one thing with this one person and it is really encouraging to me. And yes, I am talking about any sort of like promiscuous behavior that might be premature for the relationship. I in being so vulnerable right now <laughs> that I think that you should only allow influences in your life with your consent. That goes for the music that you listen to, the preachers that you listen to, the teachers, the things that you scroll on, on you know your For You page. I think that it should go through the filter of you first because it's your life and I am just really tired of all of us being told what to do and what to think. And there's no real reason why we have to keep identifying with the stories that other people have written for us. I know because I am an artist myself and not that I think that, you know, my work necessarily influences me as much as, you know, whatever I put out there is what I've already been influenced by but it, we all have the power to decide our own stories and hold our pens with God and say, I don't want to live in this sad story anymore. Or I don't want to live in this story of like empty hookups. Or I don't want to live in this story of unhealthy relationships that have been continually hamster wheeled around and around and around in my life. You are worthy of something good. You are worthy of something healthy. You are worthy of something that you get to decide what that looks like for you. But I have found so much power in telling myself, Jen, we're not going to listen to folklore today, even though it might feel good and it might scratch that emotional itch. Let's turn on a happy song because if you think that you deserve to be happy, you can listen to things that say the same thing. 
Or if you are feeling like you need to grieve something and you've been avoiding it, that's also something that you have permission to do. I just really recommend not sitting in those feelings and forgiving yourself as quickly as you can and not letting someone else's song tell the story of your life. Because I think we all just want you to tell your own story. I love you guys. I'm so grateful. I'll take this opportunity to say that as I recorded this episode, I I felt so many prickly little grateful growing feelings around me that it's just such a blessing, such a good thing to be able to talk to people who also sometimes feel the same way or want to talk about things that I like to talk about. And the internet is cool like that. And so this year on Thanksgiving, I'm really, I'm thankful for the opportunity to put my words out into the world and for you to get to word them back. Does that make any sense? <laughs> I'm grateful for this this podcast and the microphone that I'm holding. And I think that it's it's breaking. Actually, the other day I recorded a interview and it didn't record at all. So I hope that this one does. That would be that would be good. That would be a good thing. Love you guys. Mean it. I'll talk to you soon.